Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, it's uh, The Running Wolf Speaks again. Uh, well, actually, The Running Wolf Speaks, and it's me again. <laughs> I had to make that straight. So anyways, um, last last time uh, uh, you all joined me, um, we were talking about uh, uh, my year in 2021 and things that transpired and the good and the bad and, and what led me to the to creating this podcast and uh, I said that last time we were going to talk about my earliest childhood memory of um, the trauma that I've suffered as a kid up until the point where I was really out of the house and caused a lot of issues with me throughout my life up until the last year uh, lost something precious because of it uh, but I'm not going to make an excuse for it so anyways getting getting a little bit off the beaten track here so um, we're going to take a trip back down my memory lane and we're going to go back about 52 years and believe it or not I can remember it most of it but I was five years old. We were in Panama. I remember my dad had just gotten... Uh, my dad had been back from Vietnam. And um, we were in Panama. Dad had gotten stationed there as a uh, an instructor for the uh, Jungle Warfare School. My father was with, uh, spe- uh, with Special Forces in, in Vietnam. And for those of you that are not too familiar with it, Special Forces was also known as the Green Berets because of the beret that they were... Um, that they earned the right to wear, I should say, but going through the course. So dad was a Green Beret. Or some of you still not familiar with that, just think about John Rambo. <laughs> I mean, it's easy to think that's what he was. You know, his character, John Rambo, was was a Special Forces guy, Green Beret. So that's what my dad was was uh, when he was in Vietnam. Um, he was an advisor uh, over at uh, a South Vietnamese Ranger Battalion. But anyways, he comes back uh, after his tour and we go to Panama uh, so that he can be an instructor there. And, and he also did uh, some part-time instructive duties at uh, the School of the Americas. So then my memory, what... Um, I, re- I remember bits and pieces, but I always remember that, the pain I felt when that he hit me with the hand shovel, small hand shovel. We were out in the backyard... I don't know what we were doing. I believe we were planting something, and I don't know what triggered it. Um, he completely denies it to this day, and unfortunately, um, I remember. And that's what really upsets him, is that I remember everything. Well, I should say remember everything, but I remember what happened to me. So, I... The bits of pieces that I... that, that I, I see the hand shovel coming up, I feel the pain in my head. I'm five years old, crying like, just crying like a banshee. I'm in pain, you know. I remember my mother coming out of the house, wondering, or asking, I should say, what my my dad, what, you know, what's going on, what's going on. I don't remember hearing his response. And then for some reason, I just, it just doesn't pop in my head. But I do remember her bringing me into the house and putting ice on my head and just 
telling me I'm going to be okay, it's going to be okay, and yelling at my dad, but I don't know what she was yelling at him. And they're going back and forth. And for some reason, I don't know where my brother is in all of this. He just didn't remember seeing it. But that was the first memory that I have of when uh, the trauma started. Now, my dad did tell me one time, we, we, we were still on speaking terms, um, that uh, before I was born, my, uh, my mother had been in a real bad car accident uh, when she was pregnant with me. And, uh, she was okay. She, I mean, she cut some bruises here and everything. And then um, he told me that uh, that wasn't the only trauma that my mother had suffered prior to me being born is that he also beat her. So he said, basically, you came out when you were born, you had a couple of strikes already against you. There was already a lot of negative energy going on there. So anyways, I um, was talking to my therapist and this is one of the memories that I had to go back and relive. So that's... It started the, from what my memory can serve me, the, the beginning of the trauma that I, that I was going to suffer for the next almost 13 years until I was able to leave the house. And the only way I was able to leave the house was that I joined the Marine Corps. And um, as much as, as I said, he doesn't want to acknowledge that it happened, he doesn't believe that I... He thinks that I'm making all this up, and I don't. I haven't made, made this up. Um, I remember those things. The next time, it it's like there were several bits and pieces there. I just don't remember afterwards where I'd get a spanking here or there, but it wasn't as bad as getting hit with this garden shovel. I remember one of his favorite things was to put us... Uh, make us kneel in the corner that was the thing and we couldn't this was interesting because he said you better not be leaning your head up against the wall and every time we did and he wouldn't even be in I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating with this but it seemed like he had a sixth sense or something like that because every time we our head would just slightly go against the wall get your head off the wall I'm like what the hell where the fuck this guy got eyes all over the damn place so it was probably when we were in Indiana. And now we're going a few more years up. Well, we're looking at, I'm about eight or nine years old at the time. And uh, my brother and I were playing and there was some kids uh, in our, in our, we lived in a cul-de-sac at, the, at that time. Um, Rosalind Court. I remember that was the uh, 1902. I remember it was 1902 Rosalind Court, if I remember. And that, for some reason, that pops it. But anyways, uh, the, and the kids, you know, we, my, my brother and I were both bilingual. And um, so we picked up a couple of words, choice words we overheard. Um, and we're teaching some of the kids in 
the neighborhood. And one of them said it, and my father heard. And um, that's when I, the belt was the... It didn't hit me physically like it did with the, with the garden shovel, but this time it was with the belt. And I remember that also, I wasn't a very good student back then, and I, I did more so just, I didn't want to do the homework, and I used to cut up in class, and it was trying to get the attention. And um, I know that when I would, when I had get report cards, I, I would take the long way home because I knew what was going to happen. I knew that if I got a I came back with bad grades, that it was going to result in a beating or close to it. It's not that I didn't want to apply myself. It's there was just something, and I felt that it was a form of rebellion that I was going to hurt him. When I now looking back years later, it's that the only person I was hurting was myself. So, anyways, it was that, and that's when the verbal abuse also started it would tell me that I was going to be a you know I was worthless and that I would be nothing more than a, than a bum and uh, if I kept doing what I was doing and I want to look back now and think that maybe he was trying to motivate me to, to do better in school but I god damn he, that's a hell of a fucking way to do it um so a few years later, I mean, it's it's still going on. And, and, and on top of that, he's, you know, my dad was a big drinker. And and with the Vietnam, of course, with the PTSD and then the drinking and him never getting any any um, therapy for it. It just, it, it was just a, it was, he was a walking time bomb. Anything could set him off and, and, and we were screwed. But I remember the countless nights, but uh, he and my mom would be in an argument and then I would hear him slapping my mom, hitting my mom, my mom crying and me not being able to do anything about it. And I look back, um, I look back all these years later and I feel guilty. I feel guilty that maybe I, there was something I could have done. Something, gone to the police, gone to something, but I... I I didn't and I have to live with that and I've talked to my mother about that and she uh, um, she told me that I shouldn't feel that way but you know we were kids what was what were we gonna do you know he could have lost it lost it and we could have all ended up dead so with all of that going on yeah, I couldn't focus in school. I didn't want to focus in school. I wanted to run away. I mean, there were just so many things going on through my head. Um, and I think one of the worst times was uh, when we moved to Maryland. I was about 10, 11 at the time. We were playing baseball. And my dad was our coach. And uh, he, uh, first game we played, and I didn't get to bat. I played, but I didn't get to bat. And there was something in the rule, if I remember correctly, that every player that 
that's gone out to the field has to have that their at bat. And somehow I got left out out of the rotation. I don't know how. I think that's what it was. Anyways, so I said something about it. And he told me to shut up because we could have lost the game. We would have had to forfeit the game. That's what it was. So me being the, you know, I was a very, I was a fragile kid back then. Um, and uh, I started crying. He tells me to shut the hell up and to keep quiet because we're going to, it's going to cost us the game. <laughs> so we, I mean, we won the game. We could get the ice cream afterwards. My dad always used to do that. <coughs> Excuse me. And we go home. And he starts in on me. About complaining about not being able to bat. <coughs> Excuse me. Again. And I get the belt after a slap, a couple of slaps in the face. And, you know, of course I'm crying and he's telling me not to cry. The belt and then, of course, kneeling in the corner. And um, as I'm kneeling there in that corner, I'm thinking, what did I do to deserve this? Here I was a kid, I'm I'm trying to figure out why my dad is always mad at me. Why did I, what did I do? Why is he taking this out on me? Is he mad at me or is he mad at something else? Because why is it? And then of course, having to go through that, then having to deal with him and my mom. I remember in Maryland that uh, they got into a really heated argument and mom was going to nursing school at the time. And I remember she had her um, uh, nursing uniform. She had to buy it. And she had... Anyways, uh, I remember they got into a really bad argument. My dad just took scissors to her nursing uniform and just cut it up. Ripped it up. Ripped it up. And... I had to sit there, my brother and I, listening to all of this. And not, not being able to do anything, just sitting there and turning, turning my head over, putting a pillow over my head so I couldn't try to drown out the noise and, and crying like a baby because I just couldn't do anything about it. And I'm going to share one more thing before I, uh, I terminate this episode. Um, because I'm starting to spiral a little bit and I'm not afraid to to say that but I need to get this out my dad and I had worked on this um, for my birthday he worked on a he bought me a model airplane back in the day when that was the uh, that was the that was the rave for for a young boy was to to get those uh, model airplane kits and, and build you know fighter planes and whatnot. Well, my dad had bought his, uh, it was a B-52 bomber. And we worked on it together. And, and, you know, was, I was actually having fun with my dad. And we put it together and we worked on it and he painted it. He painted it, uh, the Vietnam cam, uh, camouflage. It was, 
I mean, he went all out on it. It was camouflage on the top and black on the bottom. It was just like like he remembered when he was in Vietnam, um, what the what the paints the, the color scheme was. So, and that thing was beautiful. Oh my gosh, I, I finished it, and it was just like it was a piece of work. I mean, it was the paint job on it. We had the wheels. Everything was on it. So I'm sitting here, the happiest kid in the world, because I, my dad and I got to work on this this B-52 uh, bomber, and, and back in those days, those those uh, some of those kits were difficult. It wasn't any, it wasn't really easy to to um, uh, to put together on some of them. They required it was a little bit of a challenge, um, especially when you had to put wheels. You'd have to put like little blocks or something in there just to make sure that you put the glue, but before the glue could 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 take, you had to had to keep it in place so then once it took then you were good so anyways he gets into an argument with my mom and they're in the upstairs it's kind of like a den and they're upstairs and he's yelling and screaming at my mom and they're going back and forth on it and he gets mad and he picks up that B-52 and he destroys it and the next thing that comes out of out of his mouth after he's I could hear I could just hear it just being torn apart the next thing that comes out of his mouth as he's yelling at my mom he's telling her look what you made me do and that's a lot of times my dad was that was his go-to look what you made me do so of course, I heard that. I heard my 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 plane being destroyed, and I go in there and I start crying and tell him, crying, and telling my dad why. And he looks at me and he goes, "She made me do it. This is what she made me do. It's your mother's fault." And needless to say. Unfortunately, that led to another beating of my mom. I'm going to go ahead and stop right now. It's just getting a little too heavy. Um, But I need to do this. I need to continue. This is part of my therapy. And this is part of the reason why I did this podcast. But I've got to to stop for now. Um, I will continue in our next episode. And I I just want to thank every one of you for... uh, for being a part of my journey and um, for the support that I received along the way. But I am I, going to have to end this episode at this time. I will be talking to you soon. Um, Running Wolf is out.